What's up, everybody? This is Steve. And this is Steve and Andy live from Austin, Texas and Mankato, Minnesota in Adventure Comics number 108, September 1946. And we are live. We, yeah. Well, in, I mean, we are alive. Right. I well, we're live, to, we're live to tape. Yeah, we're live to tape. But that doesn't sound as good. No. So Steve and Andy, we're 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 talking about comic books. We each week we read each every other week we read an adventure comics. Uh, we're doing the 1940s issues with Superboy. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. The last issue was very good. This one I would say equally as good. Yes, and it's out of control. Superboy <laughs> is is out, out of control. He's out of control. Yeah. I say we get right to it. Number one hundred eight, September nineteen forty-six. Uh, quite a while ago, a different time, and uh, we'll see. It's it's very uh, out of control. Is the only way I can put it. Right. Yes. The cover, Superboy. It's uh, like it's a callback to the last issue when he uh, struck those guys with lightning. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we see a boy on the ground out in a lightning storm. Two lightning bolts are about to strike this boy, but Superboy blocks him with his hands. He says, never stay on the open in a thunderstorm, and the kid goes, never again, Superboy. How unlucky is this kid? Two lightning bolts. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't understand why Superboy gives him shit, though. <laughs> well, this was a PSA for all those kids That's out, true. out in America at that time. Isn't never again? Wasn't that some sort of a like, post-World War II thing? I thought it was like, like, remember the Alamo, Superboy. That's what he, <laughs> That's what he almost said. Never forget. <laughs> Um, I say we get well, let's get right to the Superboy <laughs> issue. You could have said, "Remember the Alamo." <laughs> this Superboy issue, um, is one of the most bizarre and cruel things I've seen a comic book. Oh, here do. you go. I have a dream speech by Doc, uh, Martin Luther King. Was originally titled "Normalcy, Never Again." Yes, that's what Superboy says. Never stay out in the open in a thunderstorm, and the kid goes, "Normalcy, Never Again, Superboy." <laughs> And also, I was right. Never again was the slogan of the Jewish Defense League. Hmm. Although I, if if you notice, if you look carefully, Superboy appears to have converted to Judaism in this issue. Yes, he's, he's he wearing is. a yarmulke. He does wear a yarmulke in this one. <laughs> this issue, the proof of the proverbs in the splash page, we see Superboy painting a bunch of paintings with some proverbs on them. Great oaks from little acorns grow. Don't cry over spilt milk. The proof is in the pudding. The painting has this a fat guy eating pudding. <laughs> I don't get that one. I don't know, yeah. Uh, it says... One splash swallow page. doesn't make a summer? Yeah, I don't know that one either. I don't either. That's a kind of a weird... Yeah. That's... <laughs> Folks live and learn. That's true today, just as it was yesterday and long ago. Sometimes they compress what they learn into a few words that are easy to remember. Then it becomes known as an Asian adage. I've never heard it referred no. to as that, but... A, a maxim. maxim. That's the Maxim magazine. Yeah, yeah. He had a subscription. A proverb. Now, in this story, there's a chap who doesn't believe in such things, and that's why Superboy stages a thrilling treasure hunt for the proof of the proverbs. The thrilling treasure really, hunt. It's not really thrilling. It's, it's, it's more it's, cruel. It's terrorism, basically. Yeah. It's this poor guy. We'll see. <laughs> it's really bad. In the general store, words of wisdom are heard. We, we over here a bunch of guys talking. Superboy and his friends are kind of looking on. They say. 
Like I was telling one of the summer boarders at my hotel, a penny saved is a penny earned. Another guy says, you're right, Caleb, waste not, what not is my motto. But this this guy, Charlie Ross. He, Charlie Rose. <laughs> he, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't think these words are so wise. He's kind of a contrarian. He goes, you're a couple of old fossils. Me, I don't hold hold with a lot of old stale sayings and and just one guy like what he said he goes hey nobody's making you charlie but that's true i mean but that's not true that's not true eventually he is forced forced he's forced (laughs) the thing is i don't blame him everybody in the story speaks these you know quotes these proverbs like nonstop. it is it is they won't shut up about them yeah and and, i would be annoyed with it too and we see that as superboy and his friends are walking home they see like this this kid out in a rowboat um it looks like huckleberry finn in fact everybody in this story is kind of dressed old timey it's it's weird weird. uh like like you said last issue they're still trying to you know figure out what smallville Smallville is is, and now it's like a southern like an old timey southern place with an old general store. Yeah. Well, for some reason, this Huckleberry Finn kid looks like he's throwing a sack with a human head in the water. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the anchor. Is this human head anchor? But they they notice him and and somebody says, "Hey, look, look, it's Bob Tips out there." But he never heard about the saying about not rocking the boat. I that the proverbs aren't meant to be literal. These are stupid. <laughs> Uh, suddenly, he tips over the boat. His leg is caught in the anchor rope. Uh, Superboy, who, they, like we pointed out last issue, they really experimenting with Superboy's wardrobe. He's wearing this hot red sweater. Well, no, when over... you say hot red, you mean it's like it's hot. Yeah, I, I just want it. Yeah, it's very hot, very nice. This uh, kind of big collared white shirt underneath, and uh, what appears to be a yamaka, a red yamaka on his head. Yeah, and he, he I guess he's now. Uh, he goes, oy vey, somebody's got to get out there in a hurry. And it looks like it's a job for Superboy. So instead of dressing Superboy and, and leaping into the water to saving this saving this guy, uh, this kid, he decides to burrow into the ground and, like, pop out in the riverbank and swim and catch him and leap out of the water. And the kids are like, oh, wow, where'd Superboy come from? I think it's theatrics. He claims it's faster, yeah. but there's no yeah, way. Yeah, it's all theatrics. He's and obsessed it, with theatrics, though. And, uh, and, of course, he spouts out another inane proverb. He goes, how about look before you leap? Ooh, and burn. the kid says, the more haste, the less speed, which is not one I have heard. No. Um, do you think the art looks a little different in this one? Like, Superboy looks less creepy? Yeah, does someone different do the art, do you know? Or? I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess we could look it up. But... It's maybe a Jewish uh, artist this time. <laughs> is... Well, I mean, that's tip- that would have been typical for the comic that's, book that's industry. That's a good point, yes. <laughs> that's a good point. Not maybe, almost certainly a Jewish artist. So, as uh, as the boy walks off, they saved his life. And then uh, one of Superboy's friends says, that's right, there's many a slip. And, of course, Charlie Ross is walking by. He goes, even those old fogies got to you kids spouting that nonsense. Proverbs bosh. Which itself might be a proverb. Proverbs bosh, I don't know. Now, do you think that kid with, like, the crown hat, do you think that's the kid from the 107 story? Because... One of Clark's friends was wearing one of those. Crown I think, hats. yeah, I, I would say there's continuity in Clark's friends in these. Why is Clark peeping behind that tree? I don't know. You see, uh, Clark is kind of hidden behind the tree. He goes on account of Charlie Ross, the kids don't know what to think. Maybe because, these aren't really his friends. 
Yeah, they could, he just kind of like tags behind he him. Has, he has no friends. He says to these guys, say, fellows, how about giving Charlie Ross a chance to prove if he's right or wrong? He goes, yeah, you bet. What do we do? And this is when just the torment, the cruel yeah. torment of poor Charlie Ross, who appears to live alone and, you know, he doesn't have much. He's wearing this. He like, just wants to garden. Yeah, it, it's 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 cruel. So as dust settles, they go out on a boat. They have. Uh, they're dumping this this treasure, uh, what appears to be a treasure chest, off the side of the boat, and they go. Now we've got to hide the map, and Charlie will be sure to find it. I'm like, and at this point, I'm thinking, oh, okay, they're gonna make make him think he has treasure. That's kind of right. Yeah. That's kind of cruel, but not so bad. But no, they they push him to the brink of financial ruin. <laughs> it's just like, what is going on? So the next morning, like you said, Charlie's he's just out gardening. That's all he cares to do. And he goes, what's this? A, a piece of paper here. He pulls it out of the ground. It's a map. It's a treasure map. It says gold on it. And Charlie – and this is why I also feel bad because Charlie's kind of an idiot. Yeah, because he should he, be too old to believe this. Yeah, he believes he found a treasure map. So he goes out on a boat. Again, like very southern kind of Louisiana-style uh, town because everybody's <laughs> well, got Cajun, a boat. Cajun fry, which is why you say it's – this issue was Cajun fried. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he, and he goes, he, and he finds, he sees this gold chest at the bottom of the, the riverbed, but he says, wow, there, there must be a million dollars worth of gold, but this is in the lake and it's owned by the summer hotel. It's Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith is one of the, I would say the proverb pushers around here. He's always yeah. spouting the stupid proverbs. Uh, he goes, I, yeah, I, I guess I'll, uh, I'll take care of this. So he can't retrieve that, that, uh. That chest. So he's kind of doing the right thing by. Yeah, he's what he obviously does a good person. But well, then, and the next, yeah, the next panels that we see also shows that he's a self-made man. Yeah, so he he goes to the bank and takes out a bunch of money, and the bank teller, who looks like a friar in like the, in the, uh, uh, Robin Hood stories, you know. Like, well, yeah, Friar Tuck. Yeah, Friar Friar Tuck. He goes, uh, here it is, Charlie. All of your life savings, but remember, a penny saved. He goes, who cares about pennies? I'm going to make millions. And then he goes to the hotel and he tries to buy it with cash, and the uh, the hotel owner goes, uh, "The that's more than this place is worth by a lot. Uh, I don't feel right selling it." He goes, "Hey, why don't you retire anyway? I want to buy it because he wants to buy it to get so, that." So so Charlie had enough money, enough cash, that he could buy the hotel for double what it was worth. Yes. And and of course he does. And the guy the guy says, "Well, honesty is the best policy." And I've explained, you know, your chance you're getting in the hotel business is a risky business. He goes, never mind. That's fine. Draw up the papers. Superboy kind of peeking and he goes, we'll find out if he who laughs last laughs best. Charlie's so he just gonna... ruined this man. Yes. Yes. That's what's going on because, of course, it's not real gold in there. And Charlie, Charlie uh, uh, is going to throw this huge banquet for everyone. It's, it's going to. Because he's a nice guy. <laughs> it's yeah, he wants to celebrate. So he spends an extravagant amount of money. Uh, but before he does, he sees Superboy. He says, hey, will you help me dig up this uh, this uh, treasure chest I found, basically? And Superboy agrees to do it. Superboy's always doing, like, menial chores for everybody. <laughs> Later in the hotel kitchen, the chefs are preparing <laughs> this, this banquet. Superboy, he performs another chore without being asked. He steals all the food. So not he- only is is he... Putting Charlie in financial ruin, he's also going to humiliate him completely. Yeah, he's deliberately ruining his banquet. It's it's this is awful. 
So he steals all the food. Char- what has Charlie Roth done to Superboy? I don't know. It just doesn't like Proverbs. It's it's terrible. Anyway, Superboy loves Proverbs. Superboy also, as he steals all the uh, the food, he goes, I wonder if, if Charlie would say too many cooks to spoil the broth. And he's, he even thinks too bad Charlie can't see this. Like all the cooks freaking out that the food is gone. It's awful. It, it, meanwhile... Uh, everybody's there for the banquet. The whole town is turned up. Charlie's looking happy. The guys are saying, somebody says, never look a gift horse in the mouth. Can't complain about whatever. And Charlie then announces, all right, everybody, the food, let's bring it out. I've got, uh, I'm going to show you how rich I've become by disregarding all the proverbs you're so fond of spouting. He was already rich, as you pointed out. Um, and, uh, and just then the, the guy says, well, uh, so the butler comes out. He goes, we, we don't really have enough food. And Charlie's humiliated. Everyone's laughing at him. Ha, ha, and That's ha. not really his fault that there's not enough food. Yeah, it's Clark's fault. And, and, well, and it's just, not even Clark's fault. It's the restaurant's fault that they didn't have. The, he ordered the food and they don't have it. That's true. But they, he is humiliated. And and uh, just then uh, Clark flies in with the chest. He opens it up. He goes, look, it's gold. It's thousands of dollars. And, and uh, Superboy with... The look on his face. A shit-eating grin. He's so happy. He says, gold? You mean gilded bricks that we used in the pirate play at school? He breaks them in half. They're fake. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's laughing. Like, the whole town. Ha, 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 ho, ho. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody's laughing at him. And and Charlie just has his head in his hand saying, I'm ruined. And then somebody just still rubs it in further and says, all... Is not gold that glitters, and a fool and his money are soon parted. They're just this poor guy. He's yeah, ruined. he's been ripped off. And it's and then somebody says, "Looks like someone played a practical joke on you." And he goes, "Yeah, it sure worked." And uh, Superboy says, "It was a joke. Some folks who believe in the old proverbs thought you needed a lesson." What you did, Superboy? Super, yes, yeah, super, yes, yeah, Superboy's the one who orchestrated. He's trying to put it off on other people. Oh my god. And he... This is a strange story because Superboy's the villain. Yes, yes, and I hope we see more like this. Uh, of course, Charlie's ruined. They they say they'll pay him back some of the money, but they're not going to reimburse him for this extravagant banquet. Uh, Superboy... That he's been ripped off of. Yeah, uh, well, the Superboy does fly and get the food back, and uh, finally at the end, Charlie is... Uh, he's he's starting to say the Proverbs. They've beat it into submission. Right, yeah. He's now like everyone else. He said, you're never too old to learn. Uh, and then next day he sees Clark. He goes, on your way to school? Too bad you have to study instead of being at the banquet. All work and no play makes a dull boy. Oh, God. I feel so bad for Charlie. I know. It's so it's it's wrong what they've done to him. Brainwashed him. Yeah. Yes. He, he used to be an independent thinker. Not. No, no longer. No. Speaking of independent thinkers, the next story in this issue, Aquaman. Well, Aquaman's the ultimate independent thinker. <laughs> the stolen light. The splash page, we see Aquaman kind of riding up with some whales onto a, uh, a lighthouse. There's some guys shooting at him. And I like this story because this is really the first one that Aquaman has effectively utilized his uh, fishy friends, right? Yeah. Uh, he well, did we have starfish fighting. And we, we opened up and he's talking to one of his fishy friends. That's here. true. Uh, 
No mm-hmm. sight is more welcome to sailors long at sea than a lighthouse. When the night is dark and rocky shoals are near, a lighthouse spells safety. And no one knows this better than that daring sea rover Aquaman. When treachery strikes at the sailor's friend in the mystery of the stolen light. Yes, Aquaman is opening up. Uh, well, he, he does talk. I, I, he specifically even talks to an animal in this, in this issue. <laughs> So Aquaman again roaming the the kind of the the land, walking around. I love seeing Aquaman walking around on land like this, on a dark and stormy night. A lighthouse keeper welcomes company. It's Aquaman walks up to this lighthouse keeper who who looks like Blackjack. I think it is the previous. This is a pre. This is a prequel to the previous story. Right. Uh, and they're getting. It says no sooner had the two got comfortable. They're just kind of sitting down. I wonder what they were gonna do. They're sitting really close together. I think probably drink some beers, watch some TV. Yeah, probably just, you know, having Hang a bud, watching the game. See where the night takes them. Yeah, just see, you know, like if, you know, it looks it looks a little bit like the uh the this the lighthouse keeper's holding Aquaman's hand. I think he, well, you know down. that remember that episode of Seinfeld with Elaine and Jerry how they're talking about like, oh, you know, we could go in there, but we could stay out yeah, here. That's what exactly. They they're watching that episode of Seinfeld and it's getting really <laughs> awkward for them. Yeah, uh, like just, a, just yeah. then there's a knock on the door. Someone says, open up or we'll shoot through the door. These goons bust in with their guns. And the, the lighthouse keeper says, I have no money. There's nothing here for you to hold up. They, they, they're not interested in holding anything up. They unscrew the giant light bulb. They want to disable uh, the lighthouse and shine it in a different area. Uh, Aquaman, he can't have any of that. So he punches one of the goons, but... They they don't pistol whip him. They rifle whip him. They should have just shot him. I don't know what they were. Yeah, why didn't they? Because it's revealed later that they're Nazis. So I don't know. Oh, maybe they didn't want to shoot uh, Aquaman as pure. Oh, because he's very Aryan. Very Aryan looking. Yeah, they they feel like mm. they could put him on his side. I would have. That's what that's what they thought the A on his belt. Maybe that's what the A on his belt stands <laughs> for. Uh, just then they shine the light and they're wrong. They're they're directing ships towards the rocky uh, parts of the uh, the bay. And they tie Aquaman up and <laughs> and leave him there. They they kind of go. They're, they're they're sitting on the shore. Suddenly, Aquaman begins to grunt and groan. The guy says, "Cut that noise out!" He's going like, "Oh, oh, oh!" But Aquaman's guard doesn't know that Aquaman is using walrus language in a walrus. Can you walrus imagine what that must be like? You're sitting there, just sitting on the rocks. And Aquaman starts grunting and groaning. Yeah, you gotta. I, I, he should have been <laughs> shot then on sight. And what? What must that sea captain have thought? He's tied up there with Aquaman, and then all of a sudden Aquaman starts going, like, "Wow, And he's probably like, "What the fuck? You're gonna get us killed? Stop! Stop like, it I've, now!" But I've the heard Aquaman make that noise before. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, he's like, "Now's not the time, Aquaman. Wait till we get back." Um, just then, a the walrus crawls up and it cuts cuts Aqu- Aquaman's. Uh, Tethers with a tusk, and Aquaman very cruel calls a walrus tusky, which is a slur for a walrus. <laughs> he says, "You look like a tied body tusky. Just keep breathing and grunting, and they'll never miss me. I'll be back." He's, All Aquaman does is breathe and groan. That's what he said, and actually, and and you see a look on the sea captain's face—a horrible realization, where it it wasn't Aquaman coming to visit; it was tusky. He's like I, <laughs> and Aquaman just goes, "Hey, the sea, the uh, the lighthouse keeper wants me to come over. Why don't you go over, Tusky? Just just grunt, breathe and grunt, and he'll never miss me." 
So Aquaman leaps <laughs> leaps into the water. He sw- he sees this boat approaching the the rocks. It's guided by the lighthouse into the wrong uh, direction, and he's trying isn't to stop this, him. Isn't this the issue where Bruce Springsteen got the idea to write "Guided by the Light"? That's true. It's it's based on uh, this. It's the Nazis <laughs> guiding the light to the. the I wrong swear, place. there's a line in there that in the song that says something about breathe and grunt. <laughs> we'll have to look that up. Uh, Aquaman's flagging the ship, saying, "Don't don't come this way." But they shoot at him. He, uh, they say, "Fire at uh, anyone or anything that comes near." Uh, did did they know? Did did they not know who Aquaman was? Did they think he was a fish and they were just shooting all fish? <laughs> I think or? they thought he was just a... They heard him grunting and groaning. and oh, like, we got to put a stop to this. Mm-hmm. So Aquaman climbs into the ship another way and he hears uh, some whispers. Uh, it's these... It's Nazis. They have Nazis inside the boat. They're war criminals. One of the guards says, we'll soon get this boatload of German war criminals to the world court trials and they see Aquaman. They think one of them's loose. <laughs> They think Aquaman's a Nazi, and he goes. I think it's weird that they're taking the world court trials are in the United States in this. Though. No, no, the I I thought that too, but they do explain the um these prisoners for some reason were in the U.S. and they're taking them to Europe. I don't know how they got to the U.S. They might have been Nazi sympathizers inside the U.S. or something, but that's that's so, what's happening. Well, then am I assuming that Aquaman's hanging out with this uh, lighthouse guy? In Europe, then? No, no, no. Oh, well, aren't they docking in this bay? Oh, you're right. That's a good. That's a good. I, yes, you must be right about that. Uh, yeah, they didn't think about the geography. I now I'm confused. But the the guards are shooting at at Aquaman. They say shoot to kill. They think he no questions asked. They think he's a no. Nazi. He jumps we'll out. Look he at goes, him. This is not. This is no time to argue with the U.S. Army. Aquaman's not one to argue with authority. No, no. he, he would have made a perfect Nazi. Yeah, that's true. This <laughs> he goes that that false beacon's uh, steering the ship towards destruction, and he can't warn them uh, inside the boat. The the captain says his compass is wrong, but that light is never wrong. So he's just going to go with the light. He should have stopped to check, maybe you know, verify. No, I mean he, that the boat captain would have been a perfect Nazi. But as well. Aqu- <laughs> he might be. Yeah, he's, he's colluding with them. Uh, Aquaman just thinks, "What can I do? Wait a minute." Uh, phosphorescent fish he he swims them up uh along with some whales up into the uh guide the ship show them that they're heading toward the rocks the entire sea and the rocky landscape glow with light and the ship stops it's heading to reverse engines we almost crash that light is off it's a it's a decoy um just then aquaman he he has his whales create these this big uh these big waves and it crashes the uh calls the whales big boys yeah the- <laughs> That's true. It crashes the um, the Nazi ship, the the guys who were messing with the, the lighthouse. Aquaman, they're swimming for their lives. I love this. And Aquaman punches him in the face. Here's a ton of water and two fists. Uh, he also said that to the uh, lighthouse captain earlier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've made a cl- I don't want I don't want to know what they were doing either. So he rounds up all the Nazis. Later, uh, uh, the army captains congratulated him. He says, we almost shot you when you came aboard. You saved a very valuable shipload of passengers. German war criminals and spies once prisoners in U.S. camps were taking them back to Europe for trial. Uh, and, the, and the light thieves, of course, were the guys, uh, Nazi sympathizers trying to save the Nazis. Um, uh, the sea captain says, hoping to save 
some of their Nazi spies from the wreck. Desperate men sure take desperate chances. And the army uh, guy says, but not as many risks and chances as Aquaman takes. And he's he's just standing there awkwardly looking off to the side. He's so weird. Aquaman, stop being... Ugh. Very Aquaman's weird. the most desperate man of all, though. So That's true. A uh, good Aquaman story. It's, these too, issues are getting a, good. Such a weird, he's such a weird person, though. He is. He does remind me of Mitt Romney a little bit. <laughs> also a Nazi sympathizer, Mitt Romney. Um, that's <laughs> not just, true, probably. He just breathes and grunts and groans. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't know this. In the last election, Mitt Romney was just replaced by a walrus <laughs> for the <laughs> last debate. Husky. Yeah. All right, on to the Green Arrow story. When the Green Arrow and Speedy are in the midst of danger with every weapon spread before them, let me ask you something. What do you think they select? Uh, battle axes. You're right. The wizard archers choose their own bows and arrows. <laughs> Life and death speed forth from their swift shafts. Uh, oh, my God. As their bowstrings twang in an unexpected contest where, where's, for champion. Where's, Tus where's Tusky? I know. I wish Tusky was in every issue. Uh, no, they don't. I wish they... I was hoping that they would get to have to use different weapons, but no. no. Um, the opening scene we see, like, it looks like a jungle safari. This bear is attacking this guy, and the guy's shooting it, and a lion's leaping out, and this guy's, like, wielding an axe. <laughs> and Green Arrow and Speedy are, are shooting the, the animals with their arrows. Are they shooting the animals, or are they shooting the men? That's a good point. And the animals are, I have to say, are poorly drawn in this issue. They don't, yeah, they don't yeah. look very good. Yeah. Um, we open on this this rich guy. He has a private collection of the weapons in the world. Every weapon. Medieval weaponry. Macarius. Cuthbert <laughs> Payne <laughs> feels there's something lacking. He's got, all the, he's got all the Ninja Turtle weapons, but it's just like a broomstick. And yeah, like... exactly. And a kitchen a kitchen knife. Yeah. Uh, he says, I have everything, but somehow my collection doesn't seem right. We see he has, like, I didn't realize there were. Slingshots. I didn't realize there were, I didn't realize there were only, like, 13 weapons. Yeah, there's not that many. He doesn't have an atomic bomb or anything. He doesn't have, like, weapons of mass destruction. Just conventional weapons. And he yeah. says, I've got it. I, I need people to use these weapons on display. Otherwise, they're just pieces of wood. If I could see them in action. Oh, I've, he's got an idea. And at this point, I was thinking, like, the most dangerous game is going to have people hunting. Right, each other I, thought, I, thought so I was cool. getting excited, right, but it's cool. not that cool. No. And then the next day, uh, Oliver Queen is reading the newspaper. There's an ad. He goes, listen to this. Here's a man who wants champion riflemen, bolo throwers, slingshot experts, and archers. He wants to hold a contest to find which weapon's the best. Uh, um, Roy says, that's easy. It's a bow and arrow. I like Green Arrow's response, though. He goes, that's just your opinion. we no. got to prove it. He's, he's he, doesn't, a, he doesn't agree. Yeah, he's like, the, the arrow sucks. He's like bolos. I was almost the green bolo. I would have loved the green, <laughs> green bolo. <laughs> I would, yeah, it would be like the Green Lanterns, but uh, the Green Arrow team only just they use different uh, weapons. I, I would like that. I would like to see that. The green weapon. So later, from all parts of the world, uh, this rich guy's holding this contest. A uh, rifleman shoots very accurately. A uh, from three hundred yards hits a bullseye and speedy. It's a bong. Yeah, bong. Speedy shows him how it's, it's done, but he fell short. He can't even shoot an arrow 300 yards. That's pretty lame. Uh, uh, Green Arrow says, the rifle is a little too great, but let me take a crack <laughs> at it. He he shoots it, but he, he misses the bullseye, and he yeah. has 
I'm afraid the rifle has an edge over us at long range. Later we see. I that... think Green Arrow's throwing this contest. I, I I was thinking that too. He just didn't want to show off, but I I really think that he's not as good of an arrow arrowsman as we thought. An archer. He an wants, archer. He yeah, that's, that's, the, that's what I'm looking he, for. He wants to become the green rifleman. That would that would be cool too. I'd, I'd be down for it. the green axe thrower. Yeah. Later we see they're shooting a moving target. It's shaped like a uh, a bunny rabbit. Somebody hits it with a bong, but they didn't stop it. So Green <laughs> Arrow hits it. Someone hit it with a bong. They like that's, really that's hit right. It. Green Arrow hits it. It bounces off. He also didn't stop it. And just then the, the bolo thrower throws the the bolo. It's like this kind of how would you say like a a, a bolo? Like I don't know another word. For it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But it, it he wraps the, big, the bolo. Guy wears a big hat, though. Yeah, of course. Of course. He's, he's Western. Yeah. It catches the rabbit, knocks it down, and, and Green Arrow says, yes, it's a powerful weapon, better than our arrows in this case. A rapid-fire <laughs> test. A guy, this is, this is not fair. A guy's just shooting a machine gun, and Green Arrow says, we haven't made much of a showing today. Guess we've overrated ourselves. Meanwhile. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, Green Arrow seemed like he was really into, like, Cutting, cutting himself down. Yeah, I felt, I felt bad. I mean, his self esteem has dropped or something. Uh, meanwhile, there's a train. They're delivering uh, animals to a, they say a training farm. It must be some kind of cruel zoo. A bunch yeah. of zoo animals in this train. The train tips over, killing the humans. I assume, and all Everyone, the animals yeah. get out. Frightened animals leap from the rolling car. We got tigers, bears, lions, everything. Uh, I think uh, leopards, things like that. The Detroit Tigers, the Chicago Bears. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the just Cincinnati a bunch of baseball players that come out. Yeah, just a bunch of football and baseball players. Well, the Minnesota Vikings were the really hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Shortly after, someone runs up. And if I if I had a dollar for every time somebody said this to me, stop the contest, everybody. Animals, wild animals are prowling the countryside. They're thinking, should we get inside? Just in green out. Uh, ah, the, the guy says, uh, we should hide. The whole county's in panic. They're sending soldiers down. We better hide out. And Green Arrow says, hide with the best weapons in the world. So they start hunting the animals. This, uh-huh. this gets pretty cool. Well, we this see, is just his excuse to go big game hunting. Yeah, we see a guy with a rifle. He gets knocked down by a tiger. He can't do it. Green Arrow and Speedy shoot the, the tiger, killing it. I guess it's laying there. Killing it, yeah. But the guy falls. He falls off a cliff. And but... Green Arrow shoots this guy, it looks like. Yes, at first I thought, oh, he's, he's just gone mad with power. <laughs> but he shoots... I'm the best. He, he shoots a, uh, an arrow with a cord through it, through the guy's clothes. And they pull him back up. I thought it was through his abdomen. Uh, my, my, and they pull his lifeless corpse back up. Uh, the guy says, thanks, Green Arrow and Speedy. I'm lucky you had bows and arrows. <laughs> let's let's set it up to make it look like the tiger did it. <laughs> So they saved him with the bone arrows. Just then the bolo thrower is throwing his uh, his trap at this bear. It's coming after him. Uh, Speedy calls the bear a tough customer. The bear looks so weird. Standing he calls up. him that because there was a bear that came in. Speedy works at a convenience store part-time, yeah. and the bear came in and was kind of a jerk customer to him. Green Arrow, they can't shoot him. The, the bear knocks away the, the bolo with his with his claw, his paw. And he grabs the bolo guy, and, and uh, Speedy can't shoot him. He might hit the bolo guy, but Green Arrow uses a boomerang arrow. He says it's more effective <laughs> than the original boomerang. It, it, I don't know why. He shoots the bear in the back. The bear collapses. Uh, just then a uh, – uh, this next panel. Okay, so we see a guy with a machine gun 
pointed at a, a tiger, and another guy is fighting the tiger. The tiger appears to be holding an axe. Holding an axe, yeah. And I don't think that's a mistake because in the next panel, Green Arrow shoots the axe away from the tiger, <laughs> and he, he whips the axe back in the tiger's face. Killing the tiger. Yes. With a lion, but... <laughs> oh, that's right, sorry. <laughs> this was so poorly drawn, I'm confused. Uh, finally, all the almost all the beasts are rounded up, but we still have a leopard... Uh, guys have some pitchforks and stuff trying to push it back into a, it's tiny cage, but green arrow throws a dynamite laden arrow down, explodes the, uh, the tiger, the the leopard. Yes. But it runs back in. So everything's saved and, uh, they go, well, should we, let's return to the contest. And one guy says, no need to, maybe some of our weapons can do things that a bow and arrow can't, but when it comes to a tight spot, the green arrow and speedy are top men and as good a weapon as any as the man behind it. Yeah. Our top men. And a weapon is as good as the man behind it. So Speed Arrow is... Ah, I can't talk today. Green Arrow and Speedy win the contest. And uh, they get a sweet trophy. It looks like a guy holding a blow dryer. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> so they win the contest. But I, I really have to say, like, they weren't mostly using arrows. Their arrows are just like, oh, it's a boomerang arrow. It's a gun arrow. It's a grappling hook arrow. I mean, and, and who's this guy to be the authority on who the greatest bowman of all is? Yeah, it's a little... It's uh, It's just a guy that owned a bunch of weapons. I was really hoping for human hunting in this issue. I, well, I was, too. That's what I kind of assumed what was going to happen. And that's it. The end of issue 108... Another good one, I would say. Yeah, it was a good one. And they're only going to get better. If you want to send us comments, we'll read your letters on air, ask us questions, send them to steveandandy at gmail.com, like us on our Facebook page, share us with your friends, facebook.com slash steveandandy, all one word. And uh, leave us a review on iTunes. So we always like to get reviews, share the podcast. We're going to keep doing these every other week, like we said, till we run out of comics. It's going to be a share, while. Share it with your loved ones. Share it with your loved or people or your enemies. Um, that's even better. Uh, make make your eni- humiliate your enemies by stealing their food and wasting all their money. Yeah, let's just do it the Superboy way. Ru- ruining their lives. <laughs> all right, Andy. I will talk to you two weeks from now. Next yes. next Wednesday. Yes. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Madman drummers, bombers, and Indians in the summer with a teenage diplomat.